people quite often when they look at resources think that resources are money. No, it's other people's contacts, other people's wisdom, insights. You're listening to Hall of Fame Network marketer Robert Butwin, who joins us today to share over 35 years of practical knowledge in old school networking, real world skills that'll help you build your solopreneur business. And you're about to learn his best tips right now because Robert is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Robert Butwin, owner of Success Strategist, and a guy like me who has become pretty much unemployable as a standard corporate employee, because guess what? We have fallen in love with building our own businesses. And if you've ever been in network marketing or you are, you probably have already heard of Robert. But today, Robert's going to share his networking and relationship building expertise to help you build your business, whatever it is. You don't have to be a network marketer to really grasp something from this show. And I'm really excited to have Robert on today. So Robert, welcome to the show today. Thank you. And I'm really I'm glad to be here and looking forward to sharing some insight wisdom with your audience. I did mention in the intro, you're well known in the network marketing world. And this isn't the network marketing show, of course, this is Solopreneur Success. But I think it's important to have an understanding of your background so our listeners know why your expertise and your knowledge can be directly helpful for them in their business. So maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit about what you do today, but just as importantly, what brought you from wherever you started to where you are today? What does that journey look like? Well, let's start the journey after, after college. I think that's probably a good place, even though I seem to had you know, an entrepreneur mindset from day one. I mean, as far back as I can remember, from a caddy to a paper route to cutting uh, grasses, you know, I had odds and, odds and ends of, or different ways to earn money because I came to the realization early on it takes money to um, ultimately to be successful, to enjoy life more, to make a difference, whatever the case is. But, you know, in college, I always expected to actually run our family business. We started the high school ward cheerleading jacket business in the 1930s. The problem was there was too much family in the family business, and it was my family. And I came to the realization that they had one way of thinking and that I wasn't going to change that way of thinking. There was too many cousins, too many wrong thinking, uh, you know, the way things were in the past is going to be the way we should continually do things. So I came to the understanding that I had to figure out a different way. Now, I can't tell you I was an overnight success by any means. You know, when I originally, you know, I originally started off, you know, my first venture outside of our family business on a part-time basis, I ended up running a nightclub and it was very successful. We became the most popular nightclub and I could tell you stories around that and how I did it, but it was virtually the underlying principle of everything that I've done is I see things outside of the box. I think differently. I look at things differently. So ultimately, when a little sister from a fraternity that I graduated with at the University of Minnesota came to me, he told me about how this guy that used to be a uh, mattress salesman selling for a company called Slumber, Slumber All in the Twin Cities, was making about three times the amount of money in a month that I was making in a year. That caught my attention. I didn't know exactly how I was going to succeed. I didn't know why I was going to succeed. I didn't know what I was going to do to succeed. But I realized that there was another path for me. It was one of these defining moments. You know, I've, in my life, I had a couple of different defining moments, but that was one of the key ones. And, and so I sort of like dove into it head first. Now, I wish I could tell all the listening audience that I was an overnight success, but 
actually that first experience was a miserable failure. And in fact, within six months, you know, because when I started in direct marketing, I had fairly deep pockets because I came from, if you want to call it the right side of the tracks, whatever the case is, and I had saved money. But I realized by making the wrong choices, the wrong decisions, how you could end up in the hole, negative. But see, I never lost sight of my vision, you know, the vision of what could be. I also understood that if others could do it, so could I. I didn't necessarily know how. I just knew that that could happen. So I ultimately got lucky, if you want to call it that. And I love the acronym of luck, laboring under correct knowledge. But I went out and looked for a mentor. And I found a mentor that was where I wanted to be in life. And I knew that he had the insight and wisdom that he would take me under his wing, so to speak, and share with me the, you know, those time-tested principles of things that I knew would work. I think that's so important to say also, because often we don't always know where our journey is going to lead us exactly, and we don't always know how we're going to get exactly to where we want to go. Having that, that confidence that, yes, if somebody else can do it, so can I, that, that's the same way I've been all my life. I've, I've had an entrepreneurial mindset also virtually since, you know, before I was a teenager. Anyways, my parents were in Amway, for example, and I would listen to their motivational tapes more than they did. And I just had this drive inside me to say somehow, some way, someday, I will build my own business. And I've had my share of failures too. You, know, you clearly went from a family business, and I, I know you had a, a huge role in the network marketing realm. Why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, how did that fill in the gaps from having business failures to finding a path forward that actually worked for you? Well, first of all, let me share my perspective and insight around failure, because I don't think that there is any failure. A good friend of mine, Doris Wood, used to say, we all have different experiences. And let me define experience. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So the point is, when you have an experience, is that going to validate that you're not worthy? You're not going to create the kind of success that you want and deserve in life? Or are you going to use that as a stepping stone to make sure that you accomplish what you really want to accomplish in your life. And so that's how I take a look at it. And, you know, after the first, you know, my first experience in the profession and um, it wasn't successful within the first six months, I learned how you, you know, you could create a tremendous amount of debt. I think I had 42 debts in a total, like a hundred thousand. And the only reason that I know that number is right before I got involved in this business, I met a lady that actually shortly thereafter became my wife and we've been married for 35 years thereafter. So, you know, that's the only reason because I'm not a numbers person, I'm a people person. And I understand the more that you can make a positive difference in people that the numbers work itself out. You know, it's like we can't change the world, but we can change the people within the world, which would change the world. So I came to the realization that it's all about people. It's about your ability to make a positive impact on other people. So, in that process, though, I mean, you, you clearly made a positive impact, but what did that look like for you? What was that per, the positive impact? How did you make an impact? Sure. Well, first of all, once I found the right mentor, then I became successful. Uh, as I said earlier, it wasn't necessarily an overnight success, but I stayed focused. And one of the key things that I learned that my mentor told me is the attitude of gratitude. You know, be grateful for where you are as you go to where you deserve to be. You know, I mean, obviously, we can all take a look at people that have got things a lot less than ourselves, and we don't want to focus on that because that's where your mind stays you know, or, or will stay, but you want to focus on where you deserve to be. And then what are those continuous actions? Because if you continually have the right strategy and stay in action and stay in action going, going towards the right objective, you ultimately are destined to arrive sometime in the future. So 
you know, I, I got involved. I got involved with the company. I became very successful and I was able to, to ride that success to the next success to the next success. Um, you know, originally when I got involved, I understood direct marketing. We started doing cassette tapes in the early 80s. Uh, I know we were responsible for, you know, something like 65 million tapes going into the mail. But I, one of the key things I learned, it's how we're able to leverage other people's resources. People quite often when they look at resources, think that resources are money. No, it's other people's contacts, other people's wisdom, insights. That's why I wanted to, to do the show because I feel that if, you know, there's certain things that I might be able to share with your audience, that if they could learn that would help them accelerate their success, you know, I'm all into helping other people. And, and that brings up a great point because right before the show, we were talking and you made the statement of, you know, no website needed. And that's almost, well, no, it's not almost, it actually is, I would say today, contrarian to the typical viewpoint. And I know I built a successful copywriting business with a coming soon page for years before I ever actually had a real live website. And that website is, is mostly languished uh, on the copywriting side without really being touched for the past few years because I... I actually don't really require a website to be successful. Some may, but I would love to talk about your perspective on, yeah, you don't need a website. Obviously, you, you built your business before the web was really out here um, as a big tool to use, but today everyone seems to have a website, yet very few websites seem to really drive a lot of traffic and, and business when it comes to the total number of websites, I mean, there's billions and billions of websites, a small fraction of those actually are successful in driving revenue. But your perspective is building relationships. Now, without a website, how do you leverage relationships? How would you recommend somebody, you know, I'm going to give you a chance to, to kind of give your, your knowledge here, but to kind of set the stage. You mentioned, you know, if you're, if you're well known enough in an industry, you can do that without a website. But what if you're just starting out? Let's say a solopreneur listening to this, say, I'm just getting started. I don't have a website yet. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't create a website, but how do you get going building relationships first? What would you recommend? Sure. And that's a good point. And I obviously still don't have a website and I don't believe that the average person needs a website. Could it be a marketing funnel? And there's many different marketing funnels out there. That could be, you know, something that could be very useful. Again, it depends upon what it is that you're really marketing. I realized I was marketing myself because it became, you know, very successful. It's a lot easier. But for a person today, you know, because really what we're doing is marketing ourselves and our ability to help people make positive changes and impactful changes. You know, quite often, like some of the people I'm mar that I'm working with are in Nigeria, Philippines. In fact, I'll be speaking in front of 1,500 to 2,000 people in the Philippines. And so what I suggest to them, because what we want to do is position ourselves as a trusted advisor. And one of the ways that you're able to do that and make a positive impact in other people is guide them to information. You know, today I just tell people quite often, go to YouTube, you know, and when you go to YouTube, Google, Google a name of a guy by the name of Jim Rohn. And just, I want you to watch three of his different videos because I know it's going to change your life. See, everything I'm doing, I'm testing people because again, I want to find out if somebody's serious about possibly working with us. And again, it's how we start relationships, how we guide people to information that they know that based on being involved with us, that we can either collaborate with them, accelerate their success, or somehow positively have an impact on helping them move in a direction of where they want to be. Okay. But still, when you're talking about information, the web is a tremendous way to reach a global yes. audience. Yeah. Well, you and I met on LinkedIn. You know, there's right. 
you know, it's like in fishing, you know, when you go fishing, you need to know where to fish, how to fish, when to fish, how to set the hook, how to get the fish in the, you know, into the boat. And, and the point is, today, because of technology, there's many different ways to meet people, to bring that relationship to a much deeper level based on the questions you ask, based on the fact that, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, let, let's put it this way, one of the biggest mistakes that I see many people, marketers make, is they try to pitch people before they get a chance to get to know them, before they ask questions, before they understand where they are, where, where they want to be, how they plan to get there. So you want to understand the person to see if it's the right kind of relationship. You know, my biggest thing is meeting people online, get them offline, because I want to have people in my inner circle that I know that we've got some kind of synergy that by me working with them or along with them, that I'm going to make a positive impact in their life and business. And that's a terrific point because I, I get that all the time. You get you know these LinkedIn contacts, you, you, you accept their connection requests and the very first message is, you know, try this service or check out this article I just wrote or whatever. But it's, there's no personal building of a relationship there. It's simply just, you know, you're just copying and pasting these messages. And it happens in many different ways, not just on LinkedIn. It just happens to be, which you mentioned, and like we did meet on LinkedIn directly uh, that way. And you have, what was it, 26,000 contacts or something like that on there because you've made a point of, building that relationship with so many people. But that also brings up another concern that I would have, and I'm curious what your response is. Many have likened using social media or somebody else's website, which is what LinkedIn is or Facebook or what have you. You're basically building a business on rented ground, so to speak. I know Pat Flynn is somebody who, who talks about it that way. And I tend to agree with his perspective on that because they can pull the plug or change the rules anytime they want to. How do you ensure that you maintain a relationship once you've built it on somebody else's website. Well, very simple. You've got, them other, you've got them on other social medias. You know, once you meet them online, after you had a conversation, wherever they are in the world, be it if it's WhatsApp, WhatsApp, Zoom, or, you know, any of those things, um, they're going to be on multiple platforms that you've got. So, for example, one of them would pull the plug. You know, I've still got, I still know how to reach them. And, you know, that was just the beginning point of where our relationship began. The key is where your relationship is because of the fact that you really created a relationship. One of the biggest reasons why most people fail, or shall we say, have the wrong experience in what they do is because they think transactional, not relationship. But one of the great ways to build a relationship I've found is building an email list and communicating on a regular basis with your audience. Do you, do you have an email list of your own? You know, I've got I've got one, you know, I've got an email list. I, I've got most of the key people on, you know, different places where I know who they are and how to reach them. So, and I'm working with them. Most of the people that, you know, because obviously when you start to get to know somebody, you want to figure out what kind of synergy are we going to possibly have? You know, and I love the word synergy because it's something I learned a long time ago where one plus one, unlike what I learned in school, does not equal two. Probably many of your audience, you know, people listening probably says, wait, what is he talking about? If you understand the power of synergy, it's one plus one equals three or four or five. It's like, I love the, the acronym of team, which is together, everybody achieves miracles, not more, miracles. And our focus is how we can have the right synergy, the right working relationships. So you want to create quality relationships as fast as you can. Now, when we talk about the amount of people I've got on LinkedIn, that wasn't a year's process. That wasn't a two-year process. I've had consistent action of trying to reach out for the people that have got the right demographics of what I want to be working with. 
And that's, that's interesting. I do want to point out for our audience, and, and also for you perhaps, that I, I think we might be talking about a slightly different definition of an email list, because when I use the term email list, I'm thinking of a mass mailing to a group of people who have a specific interest in hearing from me. So I might write 500, 1,000, 10,000 individuals in one email, but it sounds like you're referring to email lists almost more like a Rolodex of, these are personal contacts who I've built personal relationships with that I can, you know, kind of use synergistically to make connections with other people and build something greater. Is that, is that how I understand that correctly? That's correct. I mean, first of all, because I have a marketing background, I was on the board, as I mentioned to you earlier, in, you know, when we first met with Ted Nicholas, and I'm one of my closest you know, friends is another copywriter, Tony Colicci. So, I mean, I understand the value as long as you've developed a relationship with the email list. And I totally, you know, for certain people, that's a great strategy. No question about it. You know, but again, my strategy is slightly different. And, you know, the key is you're finding a strategy that works for you in relationship to what you're doing. And that's what your audience, you know, your listeners want to know. Right. And, and that's something else I want to bring up, something we talked about before the call, actually, was your definition of funnel. Now, another word that seems to be a loaded word that in my realm of uh, influence and sphere might be, you know, here's, here's a place where you provide, you know, maybe an ad on social media or you're doing some kind of other ad to drive somebody to a landing page. And on that landing page, you have what we might call a lead magnet, some kind of special free offer, something to get and capture their name and email and have permission to market to them. And then you start building relationship through email with somebody who was previously a stranger. But you've also had a great definition of funnel that I, I definitely want to, want to talk about. And that funnel is anybody that you meet, it could be through LinkedIn, it could be through a personal contact or whatever, bringing somebody in as starting to build that relationship is part of your funnel strategy. And that it's completely accurate. It's just a, a different mechanism of, of starting that contact. So I would love to hear how you define funnel and how you use that in your business and how you'd recommend perhaps solopreneurs who are just getting started to, or are on a plateau to use that strategy? Well, first of all, you know, to me, everybody's got a funnel and I believe that there's a balanced approach. I mean, part of my funnel, and I, I am involved with certain, um, should I say, meetup kind of groups, you know, be it in meetup or what in my area, it's called BBC, which is a business builders club, which is more of a mastermind. And that's like the in-person. Now, my online funnel is slightly different, but I mean, I grew up from the old school of Harvey McKay, who happened to be a personal friend of my uh, parents. In fact, they were in his wedding, you know, as far as the old Rolodex. So again, I think how we blend the traditional with the, with the new technology. So, I mean, I see different people with funnels, for example, the free book, which is what Frank Kern talks a lot about. And, and there's a lot of other people. And some of the times when people get in their funnel, I see them abusing it. It's like they never try to make it as a personal. It's like they've got you in the funnel. Now their, their strategy is continually drip on you until you say, raise your hand and say, A, I'm going to buy or B, I'm never going to buy from you because you continually send me stuff without ever trying to develop any kind of relationship to see how we might work more effectively together. So, I mean, I see people using a funnel effectively. And also, I see a lot of people abusing the funnel. And those are people that until they bring me into the, you know, um, as a person, I'm probably never going to buy from them. And that's a great point, too. And I've seen people do both. Uh, and I'm on a list of people that do both, actually. Some people doing very well. And yeah, they, they make no bones about, say, I don't care if you drive off my list. I'm, I'm interested in talking to people who they're going to buy something. Or they're not going to buy something I really could care less. But that's kind of their, their attitude towards business. It's not mine. But I think there are some valuable lessons to be learned there. But at the same time, I agree with you. 
you really ought to build a relationship with somebody and that you build by providing value. No, no way around it. If, if you're not interested in them and helping someone, how do you build a relationship? You're just not going to do so because honestly, most of us, most of the time are concerned about number one, that's me, right? As, you know, maybe that shouldn't be that way, but that's just a fact of the matter, I think. And in my experience is that people are, are generally concerned about why should I sign up for your email list or why should I reach out to you? There's something in it for them. And it may not necessarily be that, not sure the word, uh, that direct thinking of, oh, I'm looking for me. But even if it's just a feeling of, I have value having a conversation with you today, for example, because I feel better and more centered about myself, or perhaps I know that bouncing idea off of you, I'll get some, some great feedback, whatever that relationship is, there is a two-way value to build a strong relationship, no matter what it is. Relationship should come first, and the sales comes because you're providing value. That just that, that seems to me to be a no-brainer, but something that's continually ignored in the world, and I'm glad you brought that up. Definitely. And the more that people like you and I are, you and I are able to help other people get that point, understand that point, you know, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do because, you know, the world will operate a lot better and people become more successful and have be more effective in what they do. Okay. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about, let's say somebody is just getting started. How do you suggest, you know, number one, what would you say is the first thing they should do to start building relationships in a way that's going to be a positive impact in their business? What do you suggest? Well, it depends if, it, if, if you're medium face-to-face. I mean, this, the fundamentals are always going to be the fundamentals. You know, I'm looking at coming from collaborating with them, um, figuring out how I can somehow figure out something I can give because my, my core thing is give to get. Another core thing is simple, profound messaging. But I focus on what I can bring to them so that I can possibly have a collaboration or maybe, if not a collaboration, that they just might refer somebody because once they see that I brought something of value to them, chances are they're going to be more receptive to bring something of value to me, which could be just one of my ideal customers. Because the average person today, according to the numbers, knows 250 people. So again, I want to be able to position myself as a trusted advisor. And the only way to do it is make sure my what I say is consistent with my actions. So, you know, I believe in doing before I would ever possibly expect for anything back. So what I try to do is ask questions, put myself in their shoes and figure out something that I can do, if nothing else, guide them to some information like the example of going to YouTube and Googling Jim Rohn or somebody else that would be appropriate based on what they're doing. Or maybe it's introducing them to an app. Like you know, the other day I uh, did a Zoom call with somebody that had never done Zoom call that was a successful entrepreneur. And Zoom has really, in my opinion, cut down my travel expenses. I mean, I got a plaque from United that told me I went through 2 million miles. Now, because of Zoom, I've been able to cut my travel time down about 80%, spend more time with my family, and enjoy my life even more. We're doing today's call on Zoom, so it's it's a great tool. I love it. And uh, I certainly want to mention that I appreciate you giving the exact examples you just did because, you know, we've been talking in generalities, but yeah. The knowledge we have, the simple little things, it's like it's a no-brainer to me because I do it every day. Somebody else who's not familiar with the technology or a person or a resource and you can provide that, that's real value to somebody. I do that all the time on mentor calls or coaching calls or what have you, or just a simple email to somebody, even a friend. And you do the same thing. And that is how you build relationships. You're providing value. And it doesn't mean you're, you're going out and writing a book or special report necessarily. It could be simply just sharing a, a bit of knowledge that can have a positive impact in somebody else's life. And that's, that's great. 
So today, what do you do, Robert? I mean, what, what does your daily day business look like? Well, when I wrote my book, one of the things that I said in the book, and I think I wrote it in 1994 approximately, is, you know, I've been very religious about playing basketball because I love to play pickup basketball at lunch. So talking about my day-to-day, I'm still religious about playing basketball. You know, I figure I've got to keep myself in shape. I've got to be a model of what I talk about. Um, so that's part of my daily routine. Routine. In fact, when I wrote my book, I said, even if the president of the United States would call me, I'm not going to miss the opportunity of playing basketball when I'm home. Now that over 35 years has happened once and only once. And I don't even remember how, what, or why, but I did miss it one time. But um, as far as the other daily part of the routine, I wake up when I wake up. I don't like wake up from with the electronic rooster or the alarm clock. I haven't used that. I don't even remember when, I, over 35 years ago, but I wake up when I wake up. I usually wake up early. When I was younger, I, you know, I used to stay up, stay up late and sleep late. Now it's sort of like shifted. Um, so whenever I wake up, I wake up early and then I will check my email. I'll take a look at who's ever texted me because I've got people all around the world. You know, I've got people in the Philippines. I've got people in, the Ni- in Nigeria. I've got people in other countries that I work with along with the United States. And so, you know, anytime anybody's got a question, I'm there to answer questions. I'm obviously have been, you know, meeting people for a, a while now. I'm getting to the point where that's coming to an end because I've got enough people in my core center of influence that I'm working with. But, you know, the other part of my day-to-day operation is to be there and help the people that I'm working with move their business a little bit, you know, forward. So what, what kind of things do you help? Is, is it like coaching or what exactly do you do with them? Well, you know, in, in a leveraged business model, I don't need to charge for coaching. You know, if somebody's involved with me in one of the networkings I'm, networks I'm involved with, you know, I'm just there. Be, may, might be a three-way call. might be the fact that help them get through whatever challenges that they're dealing with. Because again, quite often based on how we look at things allows us to stay where we're at. And, and sometimes by just making a minor adjustment in relationship to the words we use, the actions we're taking, or even possibly having a strategy, you know, okay, I'm stuck. What do I need to do to get unstuck? And so my focus is, and it's sort of different for every person I'm you know, working with, is figure out what I need to do to help them move forward. Terrific. And so one last question today, and I'd, I'd love to hear, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of established where you want to be and you're almost like content where you're at, but do you have any like big next plans or what is next for you in business? Well, I definitely have, you know, some significant plans, you know, even though I've, you know, done extremely well for a long period of time, what I can tell you is my best is yet to come. My plans are creating a legacy and helping other people create a legacy. You know, one of the things I learned is we all have two B days, a birthday and a box day. And in between there's a dash, you know, it's like, how can I live on after my time and my physical body is expired. It's like, for example, Jim Rohn, who's one of the mentors early on mentors that changed my life. You know, Wayne Dyer's another one. Michael Gerber's another one. But, you know, Jim has passed. And I can think of the tens of, if not maybe even hundreds of thousands of people that he has changed their life because of a philosophy and a way of being that he has communicated and left in a digital form so that generations from now can listen to his wisdom and be positively impacted by his wisdom. That's terrific. Really leaving a legacy. We have an expiration date. And when that day comes, what is the legacy we'll leave behind? What are, you know, there's not much to bring in with you, that's for sure. And uh, so glad that you pointed that out. Well, this has been a great conversation, Robert. I just want to thank you for being on the show today and sharing your wisdom with our audience. I uh, really appreciated having you on. Super. I'm glad to be here. And hopefully that at least you know, every one of your audience is able to take at least one key point 
And the only way that you're going to master that point is take it to the marketplace, figure out if it works, and make a positive difference with other people. Great. And one last question. That'll be, you don't even have a website, you said, because you don't really need one. You don't use them. But if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they best reach you? Very simple. With my last name, which is butwin at gmail.com. Just remember, with Robert, you do nothing but win. That's one T. Perfect. Thank you, Robert. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, solopreneur Steve Combs here again. You can find all the show notes for today's episode at startgrowsoar.com forward slash 010. This includes links to many of the resources Robert mentioned, as well as a link to his LinkedIn profile where you can send him a personal connection request and even his direct email as shared in the interview. Just replace the at in square brackets with an actual at sign for an email. Next week, listen again for my fascinating interview with Lucy Dumas, a photographer coach who will share her best secrets for selling commissioned art. And until then, have a terrific week.